It is Christmas time. We're in a series. This is our, our last week of this series called Renew Wonder. Are we there yet? And we've been talking about how do we renew wonder in our lives. We've talked about a couple things that can kill wonder in our lives. And then we, last week we said that taking a step of faith is how we renew wonder in our lives. So this week, let me go back a little bit. Um, have you ever been so excited about something that you just had to tell everybody? Yeah? Super excited about something you just had to tell everybody. Um, I just saw the new Star Wars movie. I'm not going to tell you what happened. I wouldn't spoil that for you. I'm not super excited about it. It was good, but, you know, it's not one of the originals. So, there's that. But, um, this week, my buddy, Pastor Joe, he texted me because he um, was shopping at the dress barn. And he was so excited because they had a sale. This is an incredible sale at the dress bar, and he texts me about the sale, and I um, didn't see it because I was coding on my laptop on Friday evening, and so he called me. There was such a big sale at the dress barn that he had to call me, and so he calls me up, and it turns out the dress barn is going out of business, so they have all these fixtures. You know how they sell all the stuff, and usually like, they have these really nice tables and everything, and usually kind of expensive, you know, but they were desperate to get rid of the stuff. So he found these desks, these, these like tables, display tables, for like 40 bucks each. That's ridiculous, right? Like an amazing price. And so I have been trying to um, work on my um, office at home, which is more of an, a maker space than an office. It's where I tinker and I build stuff and I solder things together and play with electronics. And um, I'm hoping to get a 3D printer and like I do all that cool stuff. And so I need like workbenches, like huge, massive, like 15 feet of workbenches, take stuff apart. And he knew that I needed this. And so he called me and he's like, Rod, this would be perfect for your makerspace. Do you want some? And I, I saw the picture and I'm like, yes, I want some. And he was so excited about it that he texted me and he called me. And this week we're going to talk about that, how we renew wonder. Because yesterday we both went down, we got the truck and the trailer, and we drove down, we had great conversation the whole time, we loaded up these uh, tables, we brought them home, he got a couple for the garage, so his space looks great, my, we put them in, uh, in the basement, and in my space, and it's, we were just so excited, and you know, wonder and joy abounded because of this news that he had shared, and we renew wonder by sharing good news, we renew wonder by sharing good news, and that's what we're going to talk about today. In Luke chapter 2, we just read this together, Mary and Joseph had to go to their hometown. They had to go back to their hometown because there was a census. So it wasn't just about paying taxes, it was a census. So everyone needed to go back to their hometown to be counted. They wanted to know how many people there were, how big the families were, and how they wanted to get all the numbers. So they were sending everybody back to their hometown to count them. Mary and Joseph had to go back to their town, which is Bethlehem. And Mary is pregnant. So Mary's pregnant along the way. They get there, and she has the child. And if we look at the, the text here, um, you know, in the, many of you have this, this view of inn, but the inn was actually um, probably a family guest room. They had a very large family. This was their hometown. So it was a family guest room, and the inn would be where the guests would stay, but the inn was full. The, the guest area was full, and so they were forced to stay in the manger. So they're in the manger. But while that's going on, some shepherds were in the field. 
Shepherds in this day and age were the lowest of the low. If you were a shepherd, then you were ceremonially unclean, which means you couldn't go to temple because you handle animals. Animals are, ew. You know, animals are dirty, and because they're dirty, then you're not allowed to go where you need to be clean. So shepherds were low class, low level, that a lot of people looked down on. It was like the dirty jobs. You know, it's the dirty job. It's the plumber, um, although plumbers make great money nowadays. But it's, the, it's that kind of, you know, oh, that guy digs ditches or something like that kind of mentality, the shepherd. So the shepherds are in the field. And while the shepherds are in the field, the angels show up. And this is what the Scripture says. Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. An angel shows up. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were afraid. We've been talking about fear. We talked about Mary. We talked about Zacharias. We talked about Joseph. All of them dealt with fear because there's always fear involved when you're following God. There's always fear. It's not about risk. It's not about fear. It's about obedience. But a lot of times we have some level of fear. Fear is, is involved, but taking a step of faith isn't about fear or risk. It's about obedience. The angel of the Lord shows up and they were afraid. The angel says to them, Fear not. Why? Because I bring you good tidings of great joy. I've got good news for you. Some really great news. Something that is super important and super awesome. And it shall be to all people. It's not just for you guys. It's for everyone. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. is Christ the Lord. And the word Christ is term there it means this is the messiah this is the one we've been waiting for he is born and he is available and he is for you and he is for everyone and this shall be the sign unto you you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger so suddenly the one angel is surrounded by a whole host of angels a whole bunch of angels show up and they all start singing songs together. And singing is great. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. Right? Yes. <laughs> so, that is an elf reference if you're not following along at home. But um, the angels start singing, and it's this huge angelic choir. And it's just for these shepherds. It's just for the shepherds. And they say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds, they look at each other, they say one to another, let us go even to Bethlehem. Let us go and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. So first, they take their step of obedience. The angel said, go and see. So then the shepherds say, all right, let's go go and see. Let's do what the angel said to do. Let's do what the angel of the Lord, God's messenger, has told us to do. Let me see it for myself. Let me go and see. To share the good news, you have to have good news to share. To share the good news, you have to have good news to share. I, I told you I went and saw the, the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, which is the latest Star Wars movie, and Joey Frady and I went. Uh, Keith was going to go, but fortunately your family is not feeling so well. We really missed you, man. Um, but Joe and I was there like an hour early. And we're just sitting there, you know, because you got to be there early and 
it was Thursday, so early showing. We're there an hour early, and there's people sitting on both sides of us. And the, the couple sitting on my left, the guy and the girl, they were just so negative. It's like they went from topic to topic to topic. And every single topic they brought up, the guy was like, oh, I hate that. It was just like their greatest hits of what they can't stand. And so after an hour of this, I felt like the life force being sucked out of me because of the negative Nancys that were there. And I was just like, oh, please, can you be happy about something? And everything, he just kept, oh, I hated that movie, you know. And, and then he would think, like, they were going to be happy. Oh, yeah, you know, that was a neat film. But, you know, the directors, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> It's like, oh. And it was just, it's that kind of negative Nancy attitude. And if you don't have good news to share, then you're not going to share good news. If you have nothing going on in your life that's great to talk about, you're not going to have anything to say to encourage others. So they go. And they see this thing. You need to know the good news to share the good news. And the good news is very simple. The good news that God gave to us is very simple. In John 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved a broken world. And it goes on, it says that for God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. The world was broken. The world is broken. There's a lot to be negative about. There's a lot to be unhappy about. There's a lot to be sad about. Be upset about. Be stinking mad about the world is broken. So God saw us living in a broken, sinful, messed up world, and He loved us, even though we're messy, even though we spill cupcakes and make a giant mess. He loved us, and so He sent His Son, His only Son, to die for us, that we could believe on His Son. So we don't have to die in a broken, messed up world. And he said it, his son, not because he wanted to condemn us, not because he wanted to judge us, not because he wanted to, to, to say, aha, I got you. He sent his son so that we could have eternal life, so we could be saved. In Matthew 4, 17, it says this. This was right after Jesus had um, been baptized right after he had faced the temptation. And he finds out that his, his buddy, John the Baptist, is in prison and about to lose his head. And then he starts his ministry. In Jesus' ministry, he had one message that he preached over and over. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when I was younger, I thought that that meant you better get it right because God's coming back. Because when my parents left, that was the opportunity to do all the things we're not supposed to do. Now, you guys aren't like me, right? <laughs> and then when mom and dad would come home, or we knew mom and dad was about to come home, then it was time to clean up. So now, you know, all the snacks that we weren't supposed to eat, we're going to clean that up, and we're going to put this away, and we're going to do that. And so, you know, even when I wasn't doing anything really wrong, the fact that mom and dad were coming home always freaked me out because I felt like I was always wrong. And I was going to get yelled at. 
for some reason. And so when I thought Jesus is saying, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is coming, it's like, oh no, God's coming back. He's going to be here, and he's going to see what a mess I am. And so I better get it cleaned up. I better get it taken care of. But that's not the message that Jesus is preaching. Jesus is preaching, repent, for the kingdom of hand is available to you. It's available. Another way of saying it is the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And it's not, I'm going to get you. It's that, and it's open for you too. It's open for you too. You don't have to continue living the way you're living. You don't have to let sin rule your life. You don't have to continue in a negative spiral of brokenness and sin and despair because the kingdom has come near. And we have another way of living available to us. We can now follow Christ. We can now be forgiven. We can now enter into God's kingdom rather than the tyranny of our own kingdom. That's what it means. Repent. Because now the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. And God wants you in His kingdom. God wants all of us in His kingdom. He sent not His Son to condemn the world, but to save the world. Because we were condemned already. But sin was in the way. Sin was in the way. In Romans 6, Paul writes this whole thing about baptism and, and being free from sin. At the end of the chapter, he says this, but now being made free from sin, he's talking to Christians, those who are followers of Christ, and become servants to God. You have, ye have your fruit unto holiness and everlasting life, for the wages of sin is death. When we sin, when I lie or do something I know I shouldn't, when I'm unkind, when I'm ungrateful, when I'm a glutton, lust, when we do things that we should not do, when we break promises, when we are unkind, when we break any of the Ten Commandments, the laws that God has written, it brings death. It brings brokenness. It destroys relationships. It messes up our hearts. It messes up the world around us. It messes up our family. It messes up our home life. Sin breaks things. Sin messes things up. And the wages of sin is death. The cost, the payment of sin is that we die inside, that our spirit is dead and not alive. And without a, without a live spirit that we can't connect with God, we can't, connect, we can't communicate with God because we are in sin. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift is eternal life. The eternal life comes through Jesus. It's through Jesus. It's not that we just go to Jesus and He gives us something and now we have this thing and now we don't need Jesus. It's through Jesus, through following Jesus, through receiving Jesus, through living in Christ, through Christ becoming the center of our being. This is eternal life. This is eternal life. It's not just about getting your ticket punched so that when you die someday you go to heaven. It's about having a relationship and a life an apprenticeship to Jesus. 
to know him, to walk with him, to learn to imitate him and be like him, to talk like him, and act like him, to forgive like him, to sacrifice, be generous. And the gift is eternal life through Jesus. Because of our sin, we need forgiveness. We ask forgiveness of God, and he grants it through Jesus. Because Jesus paid for our sins on the cross when he died. And he took our sin, I believe he took our sin to hell, and left it there. And then God raised him up from the dead into new life. And we ask to be received by God through Jesus. And he says, welcome to the kingdom. In Luke 15, 7, Jesus says that likewise there is more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than the 99 who need repentance. There's a celebration. It is such good news when we come to Christ. When we decide to walk in the kingdom to accept Jesus, to be forgiven of our sins. You are forgiven. And God says welcome to the kingdom when we reach out to Him. And He says, follow my Son. Walk in obedience to Him and you will flourish in the kingdom. That's, that's the promise. If we walk in obedience to Christ, we will flourish in the kingdom of God. And this is great news. This is really great news. So, have you done this? Have you accepted Christ? Have you made a decision in your heart to follow Jesus? To be like Him? To imitate Him? To learn to be His apprentice? To be mentored by Christ? How to live? Have you made that decision? Have you heard the good news that God has made a way for sinners to be reunited with God? Becoming part of His kingdom. Not just that, but becoming part of His family. That is what offered to us. Have you asked God to forgive you? Have you received Christ as your Savior? Are you a follower of Jesus? What if the shepherds had believed? Said, whoa! There's a baby born in Bethlehem! That's so cool! And then went back to playing Fortnite. Or went back to the sheep. Or said, you know, I believe. But you know, it's a, it's a long walk. I got a bum sandal. <laughs> I might stub my toe along. I, I don't know if I want to do all that. I trust. I don't need to run. I don't need to go see. What if, what if the shepherds would have just believed? I believe what you say is true. But didn't go and see. What would have been different? What would have been different in the story? A lot of people believe. A lot of people you could stop them on the street and say, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you follow Him? Well, you know, I'm a good person. And then they kind of him, huh? Do you really follow them? Do you forgive? Even when it seems like people don't deserve it. Well, no, I'm not going to do that. That's, no. Okay. Well, why not? Are you generous? Kind? Try, you know. But are you really, when you fail, do you really try to figure out how I can do better next time and be more like Christ? Well, I believe in Him. I just don't want to do that work stuff. That's hard. 
If the shepherds would have just said, I believe that was so cool, and then hung out with the sheep, they would have missed something. They would have missed something. They would have missed the transformation that happened in their life. The transformation was this. It came with the haste. That means they went really fast. They found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Which means the baby had just been born because he's still in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things. See, there's a transformation. They go from being unlovables, untouchables, deplorables in the field with their sheep to being spokespersons for God. There's a transformation. They go from hearing good news and believing good news to now becoming proclaimers of good news. The faith of the shepherds grew. And they were transformed from the lowest class sheep herders to messengers for the king. They were so excited they just had to share what had happened and what they had experienced. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And in our lives, this is the last last message in the series, we renew wonder by sharing the good news. We renew wonder by taking a step of obedience and faith, but we renew wonder as Christians by sharing the good news of what God is doing in our lives. That's how we renew the wonder. That's how we keep our relationship with God healthy. And if God has done great things in your life, then tell someone. Just like Pastor Joe and the sale at the dress barn. Tell someone. He was so excited. When he saw I didn't answer my text, he called me because this was a big deal. It's the same thing. If God is really working and alive in your life, then tell someone. Tell someone what God is doing. This great thing has happened to me. Invite someone to come and see. A great time for that is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, we have a candlelight service that will be from 7 to 8, hour long. We're going to have candles and sing Silent Night and special songs. And we'll have a, a short message where we'll also share, give an opportunity for people to receive Christ, to walk with Christ. Maybe Sunday morning, invite your friend. Come, come see this thing. Come, come be a part of this. Maybe invite them to come to your small group. Invite them to come to your home. Feed them food and tell them, I'm following Christ and it's changing me. I, don't, I can't explain it all, but things are changing. I'm not the same as I used to be. Who should you invite? Who should you invite? You ever around somebody and you're like, ah, I know I should invite people to church, but is this the right person? I don't know. Like, do they have to have a checklist? Like, do they need to be like, like how bad do they have to be? How good do they have to be to be like okay to come to church? Like, <laughs> so how do you know if you should invite someone to church? It's really simple. If they need more of this in their life, invite them to church. This is the fruit of the spirit. From Galatians 5.17. If you meet somebody and they need more love in their life, invite them to follow Jesus. If you meet someone and they need more joy in their life, you know what? They need more joy. You know the guy, Star Wars? You should have invited him to come to church. If they need more peace in their life, they need more patience or kindness, invite them. If they need more goodness or faithfulness or gentleness or self-control, they are perfect candidates for following Invite them. Invite them to come to church with you. Invite them to follow 
Jesus with you. Because we renew wonder by sharing the good news. So, I think for, for Jesus' birthday, one of the best things we can do is what he asked of the shepherd. Share the good news. To come and see. Take an inventory of your life. I know many of you, I know a lot of your stories. Um, right before the service, and I think, I think you'd be okay with this, Troy just told me he's celebrating two years of sobriety. Yes. That is so cool. I'm really proud of you, man. I'm really proud of you. That's awesome. That's a come and see thing. It's a, it's a transformation. And we have stories like that all over our body. There's people in the church who, man, you know, I had this going on, and then I was fighting and dealing, and then I surrendered to God in this area. And look how He's blessed me. Look how my life has changed. I'm not the same person. I'm not dealing with the same. Maybe I'm dealing with something new, but I'm not dealing with the same thing. I'm changed. I'm transformed. God is is doing something in my life. We need to share those stories. We need to share those. So this morning, as I close, I'm going to give two opportunities. One, I'm going to give you the opportunity to invite Christ into your heart, into your life. I'm going to give you the opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus. To become His disciple. To receive Him. To become a Christian. Not just believe but actually decide, you know what, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to lead my family in following Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to really do this. I'm going to be like the shepherds and go and see and be involved and follow Christ. I want to give you that opportunity. And then two, I want to pray that God will give you someone to invite who needs more fruit of the Spirit in their life. You could share the good news with them. What God is doing in your life. God is doing in the life of the family here at Calvary. So, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. If you don't want to pray this morning, that's, that's your choice, but at least give yourself and other people around you some privacy. If you want to follow Jesus, if you want to be a disciple of Christ, this is your moment. This is your chance to take a step of faith, a step of obedience, to make a decision in your heart that you will then follow up with action. So if you really mean it, then pray with me. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Please come into my heart. Please take my life. Please make me your disciple. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name. Nobody's looking around between you and me and God. If you made that decision this morning, three days before Christmas, just slip up your hand and say, Pastor Ron, I pray with you. I want to be a follower of Christ. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Anybody else? That is so awesome. Amen. That is so cool. The rest of us, maybe you are a follower of Christ. I want to I pray for us that we would lean into the good news. We would take inventory of what God is doing in our lives. 
and invite others to follow Christ with us. Dear God, I thank you for what you have done in our hearts and in our lives this year. You have done so many amazing things. There were so many stories that were shared at our, our Thanksgiving service, testimonies. There's so many other stories that are in small groups that have been shared every week. You've walked people through cancer. You've walked people through heart attacks. You've walked people through job situations. You've walked us through stress, through difficulty. You've taught us to, to be vulnerable with each other, to not carry things alone. You've taught us to be kind instead of leaning into bitterness. You've taught us to forgive. You've taught us to keep you as the focus and the center of our hearts and our lives. You've challenged us to be more generous, to give when people are in need, to support the ministry here. You've challenged us to serve each other, to take on roles and leadership and, and to give and serve with our time and our abilities. And this year, many of us have done that. Many people have stepped forward and done that. And you are blessing. And you are going to grow us and challenge us and change us as we follow you. You're going to help us develop this fruit of the Spirit in our lives. One piece at a time, one step at a time of obedience as we seek to follow you. As we seek to walk in this eternal life, the kingdom that you have drawn near and made available to each one of us. Walk in your will and not our own. Thank you. Thank you for every, every one of those things. Thank you for every message this year where you challenged and pushed me. Thank you for all those moments where people were challenged to take a step and they leaned into it and they did it. Thank you for your graciousness when we failed. Thank you. Thank you for caring enough to be in our lives. Thank you for giving us each other, this amazing church family, this community. God, I pray that as we remember these things, as we celebrate who you are and what you have done and the transformation that you have brought into our lives, that we would be filled with wonder and joy and share that good news. God, show us someone who needs the fruit of the Spirit in their life, who needs you. And give us courage to share like the shepherds did. To tell them what you have done in our lives. Tell them that the kingdom is available to them. To invite them to come and see. We trust you as we take this step of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.